Well, 20 years ago, Radio New Zealand, as it was then, launched its brand new daily art show, What's Going On? Since then, it's gone weekly, changed its name a couple of times, but has maintained its fierce enthusiasm for creative New Zealand. And also in its personnel, usually I've presented it, been away a few times, edited it. Simon's usually produced it, and for the last 17 years, he's looked after the movie side for us. So for 20 years, we've had a front seat watching the arts of Aotearoa New Zealand flourish and go from strength to strength here and overseas. From Lord of the Rings to Lord, from The Donkey and the Dunny to The Flight of the Concords, from Eleanor Catton to Alien Weaponry, from Jonathan Namalu to Benny. It's been a great ride. And some of that great writing, Simon Morris, is yours. <laughs> I cannot take credit for it. Uh, no, it's been really fun and it's... I'd forgotten all about Wagga. I'd forgotten about what's going on, which was a five-day-a-week thing. It was so fast. It was fast <laughs> and furious. But, I mean, the fact that we we were kind of blind-dated, weren't we, essentially? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't the original choice for the programme, but the person who was selected couldn't do it. So they, they needed oh, someone to step every, up. Every night I kind of... I, I thank the gods for that one there. It's worked <laughs> incredibly well. Well, it was. I think we'd met once when you borrowed an interview that I'd done you, overseas. Yeah, something with a musician or something. Because, yes. I mean, at that stage, all I'd been doing for radio had been all these music shows. And I'd never presented. So what were they thinking, Simon? I have no idea. But um, And I remember applying for the job thinking, well, I won't get this one here, but at least it'll give me some tips on how to pass an audition. And they said, no, you got the job. Oh, okay then. Right. Well, so here we go. Well, I'm very thankful. (laughs) (laughs) And we were making it up as we went along. But the main thing really was to just keep the pace up. And we made sure that, I mean, the way we always used to sell it was that we're doing ceramic stories for bass players. That's right. You know. And we could have called the show that. We should Ceramics have. for bass players. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a bit of fun with it now. Actually, I had a, we've just moved um, floors, and I was burrowing through these big boxes of cassettes that we used to record what's going on on, um, more reliable than the CDs, actually, when we went on to record the show on to, and, and came across the ominously labelled WGO Dry Run in my terrible handwriting. Uh, I think it indicated nerves too, because as I say, I hadn't presented before, but here's just to give people a feeling of, of, our, of our practice run. It's quite fun. Good evening and welcome to the opening night of What's Going On. The stage is set for half an hour of arts news, reviews and features. Later we'll discuss Creative New Zealand's divvying up of a $2 million funding pie. We'll get down with New Zealand's jazz maestro Roger Fox and review two major Wellington theatre productions. One a New Zealand spin on a classic comedy, the other a confronting new Māori play, Have Car, Will Travel. First, though, Auckland audiences have missed out on the premiere of dancer and choreographer Michael Parmenter's latest work, Nightingale Fever. He's had to cancel this week's Auckland season, but the Wellington season, due to open on Friday, as all systems go. Camilla Mayling looks at the man and his latest creation. Well, that was back when we had a sort of a third chair producer. We had uh, was Camilla in Auckland at that stage? Or? No, she was Wellington. I That's think. Right. Yeah, and, but, she, and Justin Gregory, who's still with RNZ, was one. Christine Sesford was another. Tarek Baisley. That's right, and they were all Natasha, completely different. I think. Once Very a, different. My, the one I have fondest memories of is when we got Brian. We got Brian Crump for one one week only and he was uh, we sent him off to WOMAD saying you can do a thing about WOMAD you know you'll be great and he said okay fine and he spent the entire time outside the toilets there and talking to the people going in and out of that and I thought I'm not sure you've got the idea of what an arts program is. Our definition is. of the arts is very broad it's just another word for creativity. I was very 
fond of Tarek's air guitar piece and um, professional yo-yoing. They were uh, great. That was, was done on as the radio. Well, on the radio, because we, we can do it. You know, <laughs> we, we're radio with pictures now, but back in the day, it was all about the talent and description. And um, and I'd have to say that frustrating kind of call that art kind of attitude uh, cropped up a few times in the early years. Early I think. years, but not nearly as much now. But no. back then, the whole idea of giving artists money seemed to rankle with some people, didn't it? Well, it, it did, and and if it didn't, con- if it wasn't their thought of what art should be, painting then on they, the wall, yeah, that, that's right, or beautiful even, mm. um, or traditional, then they struggled with it. And I have to say, one of the stories that struck me, one of the it was quite a big hullabaloo, and we covered it in a lot of depth on what's going on as was. Uh, and it involved uh, Venice Biennale, work selected by a media-shy collective. And uh, I had to listen back through this. I used to play it to um, various university courses and things when I was talking to them about arts media coverage. So we'll just play a little bit of that. Good evening. I don't know. You go away for a week and you come back to work and straight away something's got you buggered. We, the taxpayers, are to pay around half a million dollars to send to a very elegant international art exhibition an as yet unseen work by an artist whose latest work is a dunny that brays like a donkey. And what's more, the artist's name or names are to remain a secret. A media frenzy with Paul Holmes, one of the most frenzied, it has to be said, has followed the decision to send at a cost of about half a million dollars an artwork by a now not-so-anonymous installation artist to represent New Zealand at the next Venice Biennale. After the Creative New Zealand media release on the 4th of July was reported in the Dominion Post, came an item on TV1's art show Front Seat the following night. It's a portaloo that sometimes makes donkey noises and sounds like it's exploding. The installation is by the art collective known as Et Al. Holmes got in on the act interviewing Creative New Zealand's Peter Biggs in his own unique style. I'm asking you about this particular person. Well, now, I'm you, trying you, to explain the context, now, Paul. Would you give me, you a, chance, would you give me a chance to I'm explain, I'm not shouting please. at you, Peter. This you're is, you're this talking is... over the top of me, Paul, and I'd like a chance to explain the context, Well, please. you've been explaining what you've sent in the past, and I'm asking you who this et al is. You haven't even answered that out of, apparently, out of respect to the artist, who we are paying half a million dollars to send to Venice. Who is representing us? Et Don't tell us it's some kind of collective when it's one person. Is an et- and and, so, it, and so it went on. <laughs> do interviews like that um, anymore, but I'm, I'm glad... I mean, this, the sad thing was, actually, um, we were kind of laughing at the coverage, but it meant that we didn't go back to the Venice Biennale for one or two Biennales... <laughs> Didn't do anybody any favours, yeah, that it, whole thing. It really you know. didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, both sides got very prickly, you know, they, you know, prickly in a sort of a philistine way and prickly in a where artists, you know, how dare you question us sort of way. Yeah. You know, it, it does, you, I, I, again, that's a thing that we don't do so much, I don't think, these days. Well, you, but, well, the other thing is that you can describe an artwork in many ways and you can describe it in a way that will make it sound like it's the same as the Mona Lisa and you can describe it in a way Some that, that treasures it. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it was the best time in our in our um, history, that kind of coverage of it. But on, on a more positive note, I thought we would reflect on the time when you uh, took over from the fabulous Jonathan Dennis um, from reviewing films. Jonathan had uh, been doing the film show for ages and and we sort of inherited him to go on the show. We gave him the slot and all that sort of stuff and it worked really well. But then he got sick and, and very sadly passed away. But before he did that, I mean, I applied for the job because I've always been... Uh, didn't know much about movies, but I had seen a lot of them. And But I was very concerned about how he was going to feel about handing over his baby. I mean, he was a very 
uh, intellectual film uh, reviewer and very knowledgeable and all that sort of stuff. But he was so sweet. He couldn't have been nicer. And he just handed me all this information that he had and all that sort of stuff. And I, I was very touched by it. But I still had to get the audition sorted out. So I did a test run, the same way that we did with Wago. And uh, the first one that I did was based on the very first Harry Potter film. And uh, I passed, but I've always felt very, uh, very fondly towards the entire Harry Potter series since. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Dear Mr. Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. In a few moments, you will pass through these doors and join your classmates. It's a bit like my job, really. I mean, you're a wizard. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly I get the job. <laughs> yeah, actually, we've got a, um, a text came in uh, from Owen saying, congratulations. Um, that's all. Uh, Simon is quite good, too. <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, and as we laugh, oh, how we laugh, uh, we brought in the laugh track. And around about 2008, we knew we wanted to do comedy. It was quite mm. hard to find a way to do it. So remember, we used to just pick a theme and, and find, find comedy clips. clips that, and that, we got bored doing that. And then we, we, then we thought, no, let's just talk to people. Because the comedy tracks they pick is just as revealing as the music tracks that they I pick, thought so too. I mean, generally we hated doing interviews with comedians because both sides were a bit grumpy about it. They certainly didn't want to give away any good jokes that you they want you to pay for. And we didn't know what the question was that says, what's that amusing anecdote that you, will entertain us? Yeah, so like, go on, be funny. Be you know, funny. Yeah. But as soon as they start talking about their favourite comedians, all of a sudden it all it lightens up and everybody's having a rather a good time. Well, we had a look at our roll call for the first year, 2000. We had John Clark, your your dear, your dear friend, yeah. McFarlane Gatsby. That's kind of heartbreaking too. We had um, Tom Scott, uh, up and comers like James Nakise, Jacob Rajan, Roseanne Liang, Tom Sainsbury. Well, Tom um, Sainsbury astonished me. I had no idea he'd been around that long. No, You'd... I think for a lot of those, I was surprised. Mm. But but Bill Bailey was a particular favourite of yours. I like Bill Bailey yeah. because we decided we weren't going to talk about comedy at all. We we're just going to talk about music, and so we played a whole lot of bits and pieces. But he was he was very amusing about doing a concert with Billy. Bragg, in which he'd done this parody of a Billy Bragg song and then goes up on stage with him, forgot all the words, but fortunately Billy Bragg knew them. So, yeah, no, he was terrific. <laughs> well, one thing we still love is the theme, um, 16 Years On. I don't know how we found it, uh, but because we talk, tend to talk over most of it, oh, no, in fact, you found it, didn't you? What is oh, well, it? Well, we needed something that sounded like a comedy theme, but it also had sheep in it. And so let's play the whole thing without talking over it. <laughs> I don't think I've heard it actually all the way through. There you go, Bonzo Dog Doodah Van. <laughs> Hello, Mabel. Well, we were, maths is not my strong suit, but I had to sit down and try and estimate how many interviewees we've spoken to. And some of these may have been several times, but I, when I sat down, I reckon it was around about 10,000. Because sometimes we have panels, and we used to be a daily show. Mm. Um, so I, I did some average. I, I might be wrong, hopefully not by a few zeros. But it's a lot. It's a, a lot, lot, a lot, a lot. Absolutely. And, um, and what would be one of your favourite 
Well, I mean, every so often, of those 4,000 or 100,000 or whatever it is, I would have done around about 2%. But uh, I have to say the ones that I I enjoyed the most was also some of the scariest ones. Anthony Hopkins, Brian Wilson. I discovered I knew more about Brian Wilson than he did. Charlotte Rampling, who I woke up in Rome. (laughs) But I really liked Nikki Caro. I liked Kate Atkinson, the the, the author. You're such a fan. But my favourite one, I think, out of all of them was Lisa Fisher. Lisa Fisher turned up in that um, 20 Feet from Stardom thing about session singers. Greatest singer in the world, but also unbelievably modest. And I'll just play a little snippet of that. To be able to sing with like a choir in college and in high school was really cool because you really got to sort of just blend in and just really enjoy vibrating sound with 20, 30, 40, even 50 people. But were you spotted immediately as somebody who was going to take it further? I mean, were you the star performer at school, do you think? Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. I just kind of, you know, a little wallflower, a little daisy. It's Lisa Fisher, the wallflower. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, yes, I'm struggling with all those thousands. I don't want to upset people because I've enjoyed every interview. I think in terms of memories and nerves, Derek Jacobi before he was a sir. That was lovely. Yeah, and he, he was notoriously media shy and his mind had been told to come in every few minutes and say, uh, Derek, you know, it's time Do- to finish. And he'd go, no, go away, because we just hit it off. And that's, that, mm. that to me is the joy of interviewing when you when you find a connection with somebody and you sit down and they, they surprise themselves by sharing so much with you and, and you're surprised by the generosity of spirit. And I still love doing this all these years on. And my, my other really memorable one, because it relates to actually my favourite work work of art, and that includes you know the Van Goghs that I've seen and the uh, the Monets and all the classics, love them as I do, is Lisa Rehana and the work that we know here is in pursuit of Venus infected. I saw it in Venice. Brilliant. You'd seen it before I went. Yeah, I, I had. Saw it I saw Venice. it in Auckland. It was spectacular. It was kind of reworked and, and improved, and I would stand in this cold kind of big space just in my own time and look at it. And I got to interview Lisa there. Uh, saw her come in for the big opening on this walker. It was a beautiful moment. She's glorious. And I'm just, I think that's the proudest moment I've had mm. um, as a New Zealander, seeing for people to see us, you know, see our stories and see us and people's reaction to the work. So Which I is think kind of why we do it. It's exactly why we do it. So from, you know, from both of us to the producers who've worked with us over the years, of course, to all our interviewees and to our listeners, of course, for, um, for listening to the program. Uh, if you've been on the show or its predecessors, it's meant something to you. It'd be really nice to hear from you. Um, there's room for constructive criticism. Fred hates me. Hi, Fred. Uh, <laughs> you can get in touch, 2101 or email standingroomonly at rnz.co.nz.